0: hello hello today's episode is something of a talk therapy i had with my friend on self-preservation mimi is my dude she's that friend that you have in your corner and you are sure and trust that they hold space for you to be yourself without judgment right so with today's episode I'm hoping that you listen like you are hearing two friends self talk themselves on self preservation in order to make sense of their experiences and their understanding of what this concept means. Yeah, enjoy. <laughs> Hi guys! <laughs> Hello guys! Welcome to the Girl Unplugged podcast. It's Rita Chukwueke. This is a platform for authentic and heartfelt conversations that inspire mindful living. <laughs> so the topic of today is self-preservation, and I think self-preservation is that topic that a lot of us don't like to talk about because self. Preservation requires you to be selfish, but we are conditioned and groomed not to be selfish as human beings. So when that urge to self-preserve comes, you suppress it and try to be everything for everybody. But I think it's best appropriate if we start with what self-preservation is, and I'd like to get your perspective on that what do you think self-preservation is, especially for you personally?
1: Hey, babes. Okay, let's start off with me saying I've got a love-hate relationship with that term because of how I am quick to turn... A friend of mine once said to me, I'm quick to turn what is literally a bad, like unacceptable situation into a rosy situation to make the person who's doing a specific thing towards me look human i i am quick to see the human in whatever others is, yeah. yeah and then i was like wrestling with that and she said because you're very accepting of things that you're not supposed to be accepting and that person is literally self preserving themselves at the mm. cost of you right mm. and in me looking at that i am then told because i cannot hate you for wanting to go into self preservation right like preserving yourself. That's what self-preservation is, is to preserve yourself, for yourself, and for whomever else benefits from the best version of yourself. So for me, the love-hate relationship comes with having to actually come to terms with knowing that that is a thing that you need to do for yourself, for me first. And secondly, it's going to be at the cost of someone else.
0: Mm. So that's when the love-hate relationship comes in. You said at the cost of someone else. And as a recovering people pleaser, it doesn't sit well with me because I'll always put others over myself. I would always want others to be fine, you know, be okay. I I can handle it. Like I was sharing sometime, I think early this month or last month, that I would prefer to do everything myself than to allow someone help me. And it comes from a place of, I don't know, I don't want to bother others. I don't want to worry others. I'm always considerate of other people, even to the detriment of myself. And sometimes I wonder, where does it come from? Where does this selflessness in quotes now come from? I always had my parents say, you're so selfish. You're so selfish you're so selfish, you know, you always think about yourself, you don't think about others, you're selfish. So those words now meant that I had to think of others first before me, that now became my understanding of being unselfish. So when you said at the cost of other people, something in me just moved like, oh, really? Oh, really? Is that possible? (laughs) And that stems from my people-pleasing behavior of wanting to please other people, even if it comes at the detriment of myself. Which is also against what self-preservation means. Because self-preservation, according to the dictionary, is protecting yourself from harm or death. And it is very instinctual. So that means the first thing your instinct tells you is to Take care of yourself first, but conditioning now goes around to make us believe that giving ourselves, being the matter, being the the, the hero of the story, <laughs> making yourself a hero, even to the point of death, even to the detriment of our mental health. Now, because that is like that is where it hits us the most. So now it's like not wanting to be selfish. Becomes self toxic to you.
1: And the thing that I find interesting with that, and that's why I'm saying my love hate relationship is I can almost understand the person's right standing because it's at the cost of them as per their understanding of it, right? Because Mm. this also predetermines if, because you said the dictionary term is you being able to preserve yourself in cases of your life being in danger, and that is in instances of death.
0: Yes. Basically uh-huh. You're
1: basically a threatened, right? Yeah. So now when we're moving into our actual day and age and how we approach life and being specific to myself, I almost wait until I'm at the brink of my threshold, which is the end of my threshold, in order mm. for me to then for, for self-preservation to kick in. And yet at the same time, the person who is... With you in this, in your assumption of them being with you in this, has already been preserving themselves because they've been at the forefront of making sure that they put themselves first. And what you do is you continuously excuse that and saying like, "No, actually, you know what I'm saying."
0: Like, you make excuse and be there for them when they have already tapped out. It's interesting how a lot of resentment comes after all, all of this cuz eventually when you get to your threshold you are angry that this person after all i did for them after being there for them they are not being the people i want them to be for me <laughs> okay let's let's go deeper they are not being the person that i needed to be for myself that's crazy. Crazy Dude. girl. <laughs> so the resentment comes, but why are you angry when you did not make the choice for it? Because nobody can love you the way you love yourself. Nobody understands you the way you understand yourself. Nobody knows your boundaries so that they are able to honor you. So why are you angry that you are not considered when you are supposed to consider yourself?
1: babes let's not let's not rush that process because you went ahead of saying that when you know this is a meaning mm. you do know because the expectation that you're expecting from someone to show up for yourself in the way that you deem appropriate for you might not even be what you think because remember when we go remember that saying that we had when we said it i don't know whether it was in our first um upload of of us together was when we were saying that in order to love self and know self you need to have understood self right yes so that means that i have done the work that's necessary for me to know what that looks like because people treat us as how we show them to treat us right so when we are saying that we want them to show up as how we assume we would show up for ourselves that is assuming we know Because even in that, for me, it's telling about myself. Sometimes I can resent you for being who you are, right? Mm. Having known that you've told me who you are. And when I made the choice to choose you as you are, that was me saying to you that I'm okay with who you are to me because that's what I need at the time when I need it. So everything that follows thereafter means that that is my interpretation of who I want you to be for me.
0: Yes. So I get you when you say an understanding of self is paramount in all of this, because how do we outsource loving ourselves, understanding ourselves to other people when we don't even know what it looks like for us? Because I think it's also an important question to ask. What does self-preservation look like for me? For me, sometimes we know. I don't know whether you've been in such situation, babes, but there are times where I know that being around certain people or going to certain places doesn't work for me. I be around somebody or some people, and I'm I know that uh-uh, I'm not where I'm meant to be. I think that is instinctual, and it, it now makes you want to. Take a decision on that. Do you leave or do you pretend that you are okay and stay, you know? So leaving is actually you standing with yourself and saying, rather than staying here, pretending that I'm enjoying the company of these people or that I like these people, self-preservation is me taking a leave, taking my leave and either being with myself or being with people that understand me. But then when there is that lack of understanding, when there is that lack of knowing, it is very important that we sit with ourselves and teach ourselves again what it looks like. Because let's not forget, hey. a lot of us have a very warped understanding of love, care, attention, people being our friends, you know? Hey the key thing that you also said there friend is teaching ourselves
1: right Mm. and just to to bring it closer to home I just wanted to to I don't know if there's time to share just a short story about myself in the current situation I found myself in yeah but the thing that I found very interesting is I love the fact that we assume we know ourselves until you get yourself in a situation and you realize actually I still need to do and you you said key is keep teaching ourselves and learning about ourselves so it's a constant thing because in my case four years of not being in a relationship prior to my baby daddy then moving into a relationship saying to myself i'm ready to be in a relationship and that was also me being intentional about wanting to see if the standards and the boundaries are put in place whether those are the things that are still applicable in the day and age and my current state of being yes and in me being in this relationship, a lot came out that made me realize that actually I've evolved.
0: Mm. What
1: was applicable then is no longer applicable for me. Ooh,
0: what? ooh! Do
1: you know ooh. what I'm saying? So your, your self-preservation standards changes and it evolves with you. And what I was yesterday to you and what, because the other thing that I find very interesting is if and when I know that I could have literally stood in between an argument and wanted to hear reason after having told you several times, I don't like a particular thing. I now cannot stand it. It literally irks me. And someone would say, you've got unresolved, you know, issues. And I'm like, yes. not really. Just my tolerance has changed. Mm. Mm. And that means my self-preservation has changed. What I, The way I go about articulating how to preserve self is totally different now. So, and I needed to make peace with that because I needed to understand what that looks like because I'm still trying to un un and unlearn certain things. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I'm also still making peace and forgiving self for the things that I literally stood and accepted and was okay with. And that goes with the whole thing of self-preservation also comes to life when you are keen on being able to look at yourself in the mirror and be honest about the things that you know that brought you to your knees to begin with. Mm. Hence, you were saying earlier on in terms of the resentment, who are you resenting yourself or the person, but in order for you to get to that place to truly, truly be honest with yourself and equally so with the person whom you feel has done you wrong, because there are certain situations where you felt like you were very true and honest about how to go about preserving self, but then the person was not honoring that. And that in itself gives you rounds to stand on and saying like, listen, you did me wrong. But most times we are living in a traumatized era and time. And we just duplicating trauma in different ways towards each other but you need to be in a place where you say like you were saying something key is earlier on as well and saying that there's spaces that you can like literally step into and you're like nah this is not for me but then we do what we do is we apologize for feeling the way we do and we still continue going about this whole thing which is you are also changing your 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 radar in how to preserve yourself which is either you you're dumbing it and you're minimizing it or you are maximizing it in a sense where i'm tolerating this i'm stepping out as soon as possible i'm good there's nothing bad about the space i just don't feel that i need to be here or you do that whole thing of dumbing it and that's where the confusion comes in where you're like is this actually for me is this not for me like yeah girl
0: because how do you know that self-preservation is truly self-preservation for you when you are still in a state of trauma? Right. Because your traumas, they blow your sense of what is right and what is wrong. Yeah. And then eventually you find someone that feeds into that trauma. Let's say, for example, you have an absent dad and you find a guy who gives you attention. But that attention is the only good thing that he gives. Yeah, that he gives you. And then (laughs) you end up sticking with him just because, oh, hallelujah, just because of the attention. And then in the process, you lose your whole self. Tell me. Like the whole 99%, like... For the 1%. Crazy. And something you also mentioned was the importance of self-accountability in all of this. Yep. Because like you asked, who are you resenting? Are you resenting yourself or the person that you allowed to hurt you? Let me tell you something about my own personal life, right? And how I agree with you that... Self-preservation standards evolve and change as you evolve and grow, right? I used to be that girl that would want to be in a mess just to come out a hero. A hero syndrome. <laughs> you know, I want to be in a mess and be like, you know what? I went through it. I did it. And I came out. Even if it meant coming out scarred. <laughs> but it gave me satisfaction that, Yeah. I would go in there. It doesn't matter how bad I would go and come out, you know, and all of that. But the girl and the woman that I am now would perceive it 10 miles away and change my route. Hey, 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 it's not me. It's not me. I, I, I tap out immediately. And I think something also that should be given credit in all of this is how we learn from our experiences and trauma because how do you also know what is not good for you if you've not experienced it yeah that is also how I try to give myself grace yeah you didn't know initially and that is why you had to go through the many things that broke you but self accountability now is now that I know the things that broke me I do not have to go to those things i do not have to repeat those things i recognize it and i don't indulge in it because let's not also forget that trauma is addictive living in traumatic states is addictive because that is what you've known all your life tell me and it's comfortable it's you know it's comfortable whilst it's painful because it's not like you're all you know But you are so comfortable with the pain now that it becomes normal. Let's talk about that. Listen,
1: I think you, one of the things that I've learned in life with that whole being comfortable, I grew up in a situation where everything about me spoke into knowing that life is what it is like girls being abused verbal um abuse with each other like the treatment that speaks of you saying okay the whole saying of when you say I'm in the ghetto then people Mm. are like the standard of the ghetto is rough tough and everything that's ugly right yeah and in order for me to know how uncomfortable this was was when I had to shift my physical being and roam into spaces where that was the contrast And that's Mm. where I was able to then know how discomforting that was, how Mm. uncomfortable and how it isn't what is meant to be the standard. Because I then, my body went into shock. When people say you go into withdrawal for drug addicts, Mm. they literally are at the brink of death, life and death, because Mm. the, body and everything about your body organs go into shock because they're not used to anything other than what you've been giving it and that is what my actual body went through because I had to now unlearn things that for me was comfortable and the situation that I found with this is that when people are saying to you, yes this is great, people need to understand that this is just how we go about life, I then looked at it differently so I now am able to sit back and look at someone who's in that situation where they're like, they're saying to you that this is just my life. This is how I am. I'm not going to change. You can't change me. And I feel like that is because it's the truth to them because the body tells them, the mind tells them, the spirit spirit tells them there isn't anything better. So it is addictive and very comforting because even when you do take people those type of situation after a long term of having made that specific position their home because you've unpacked and you've made that place your comfortable place when you introduce them to something new they're like no I don't want this because this means I need to now be uncomfortable for a short period of time in order for me to get used to something new but does that mean that I'll be able to actually adjust and know that this is home for me or do I have to unpack here as well and go back to something else so that's where personal choice and also personal accountability comes to play again And that's where I'm literally constantly having to remind myself that I deserve better and I need to be in spaces where I know that it is good for people to feel sorry for me. It feels good for me to have someone who wants to come and save me for a temporary space of time. Then I feel bad about myself and then I'm like, oh no, life is just the way it is. But I need to quickly be snapping out of it because I know what it's like to be in a position of being empowered.
0: Mm. I don't know if I'm making anything. Yes.
1: But yeah.
0: Yes, because from what you're saying, it's very important that we give ourselves the opportunity to, to experience something better. Because I think when it comes to certain um, comfortable traumas, right, it's always the fear of not knowing what it is like on the other side we have a false sense of, um, I'm looking for the word now, it's more like a false sense of mastery. So because I know how to handle myself in this position, in this place that is not good for me, it's better than learning something new that would be better off for me. It's more like the devil you know is better than the angel you don't know. You remember, you know that quote, like, hell no. Hell no. I ain't dining with the devil, y'all. <laughs> no. Because what it does is it limits you from the possibility of actually having a happy life. And as someone who has been in that position where... I've always wanted people to like me. And because of that, I twist and turn myself and try to change myself. You know, I understand what it feels like to be afraid of either being alone, having boundaries, or just saying the things I want and standing with it, regardless of the outcome. So Mm -hmm. when I think, if I make this decision, this person will either leave me or not like me again or not talk to me or would think that I am no longer who they know me to be. I stay where I am not. You know, when I should be afraid that I am no longer myself and I'm losing myself in a relationship or a friendship that is not benefiting me. I think it's also that misappropriation of fear. Why are you more concerned and afraid of losing someone who is not good for you than actually being with yourself, your authentic true self and being happy? And yeah, sometimes it's not happy because I mean, who is happy with losing friends? Who is happy with losing relationships? Especially the ones that really you know, meant something to you. I think we need to weigh our priorities. What matters to us? Because that's also what influences our decisions and gives us the courage to either walk away or set better boundaries with people that we love. I, I want us to quickly
1: just go, Back a little bit, the thing that I find interesting also the fact that when you are doing work on self, right? And you get into the vitamin of being able to know what how to go about preserving self
0: mm.
1: in those trying and comfortable traumatic you know, it's ex- life experiences. Yeah. I think we're undermining the fact that it is a lonely walk. Ooh. Mm. It's a lonely walk because we often make it sound as if it's glorious. I feel that we need to literally give just and testament to the heaviness that comes with that. It's a huge responsibility to 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 take up and say, I want better for myself, because my perception of better at this moment in time comes from a place of knowing what the benefits are on the other side. Mm. Right? Mm. Mm. But getting there required me climbing and literally being equipped for this climb, having, you know, when we have gone hiking, you had to (laughs) have water, you had to have breakfast, you know what I'm saying? You had to have been mindful. But when you got to a place of knowing that this is a real fear for me, your body responded as such. And the easiest response was to go back, right?
0: Yeah, to say you're not going. Yeah.
1: right? It still required you to talk to yourself and get to that point of conquering whatever you needed to conquer. And it is an accomplishment that you get to make and say, wow, I did this, right? But can we not take away from the fact that it is quite a lonely decision
0: and practice and space? It is. Especially if you don't like yourself. (laughs) Okay. So, so Uh, uh, let's, let's talk more on that. Cause when people say choose yourself, hmm? I find it both inspirational and a little bit half truth, because when you tell someone to choose themselves, you also have to let them know that choosing themselves is very, very uncomfortable and lonely. Like you said, Because choosing yourself, especially when you do not like yourself, because let's also not forget that the reason why we always look for people to come into our life to complete us, to be everything for us is because we have not accepted ourselves and who we are and we do not like ourselves. So we think bringing these people in will compensate for the lack of acceptance and lack of self-love that we have. Hence, we want to make them our all and all, right? So when you eventually make that stand to say, I choose myself over that, it's very courageous. It's very, you know, it can make you feel good about yourself for a, a little while. And then comes the silence and then comes <laughs> the reality of seeing... <laughs> <laughs> seeing you for who you truly who you are and it comes also with facing the things that because it is as if your eyes suddenly opens to how you have let yourself down with certain people and so you have to now deal with that alone uh uh-uh, uh girl choosing yourself can be very 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 lonely and traumatizing as well
1: Hold
0: it there by trauma to me. It's traumatizing. Can you just be admitting that? Yes. It's not very Can pleasant. We just... It is never p- very pleasant. Because you also have to, the work of forgiving yourself. I think when we talk about self-preservation, we see it as this whole thing of trying to get away from people who are toxic to us, trying to, you know, but yeah. it's also about addressing your own personal issues. <laughs> forgiving yourself it's also about moving past your mistakes and the things you've done wrong that is also and self-preservation also just, and, and building
1: muscle memory for things that are new to come to me any person that has done exercise will tell you that yeah hey, being consistent in being able to build a new routine is difficult Jomi. Exactly. it's difficult and let's not speak of the fact that when you are going to step into new spaces, you need to create environments yourself. You need to intentionally move in spaces where you know that this is going to be good for me, which means you need to be brave to stand out and put yourself out there, which most people don't have the guts for that because there's room for rejection. That's the type of trauma that we're talking about. Because if I'm saying that I'm moving, or the people that's towards me are like, or the people that's in my circles are toxic people, right? Because we Mm. are victimizing ourselves and saying that we are are the victims and they are the perpetrators. Um, Now let me, now, um, new me, now (laughs) the new you requires a new budget, a new setup. Now you're moving into these spaces, show me. Nobody says that you're going to be, oh, with open arms. No. You probably need to build a new muscle memory means that you need to put yourself out there every time. Every time. Until your community is built where you have a people that is literally for you. You understand? And sometimes yes. you won't have those people where you need to be your own community, which is even more so lonely because now you need to make peace mm. with the fact that when you tried, it didn't work out. Now, mm. what now? I can't go back to where I came from because remember, I painted that as the bad situation. I'm the one who's literally trying to bitter myself. Mm. So now, Gail, are you okay with hearing your echo when you say hello? You hear hello back. Nobody there to say hello, chums. You know? Oh
0: God, oh God. You had me at being brave. You had me at being brave. And I'm going to share a story. And I think that is also where we try to Wrap up this conversation. Braveness is key. I want us to come, like, bring it back home as African people, as as firstborns, right? Yeah. So. So taking back to the roots. Yeah, taking it back to the roots, right? Um, sometime this week, I was sharing with you how I had to enforce a certain boundary with my parents as to how I do not want them encroaching into my time or feeling that they are entitled to my time. My dad called me at 10 p.m., was telling me things I wasn't comfortable with. And something in me, I froze, you know, I froze because 10 p.m. for something like this, it wasn't an emergency. It wasn't a life-threatening situation you were actually having a disagreement or a conflict with your wife, which is something you could easily have settled or maybe wait in the morning to tell me about it, right? If you really wanted my input about it. but you called me at 10 p.m. Knowing fully well that Because I saw your call at that time, I picked it because I felt it was an emergency, which this wasn't, right? Mm. And then you tell me all of that and you expect me as your child to just swallow it down and be like, that is fine. It's okay. I'm going to talk to her about it. Eh. After that call, it took me two hours to process what has actually happened. And I think it's important to mention this because while you said something about evolving and your standards of self-preservation changing over time, I realized that the me before would have overlooked it and be like, he's my dad, right? It's okay, even if he called me at this time of the night to tell me this is fine. But something mm. in me after that call was not taking it any longer. I couldn't go past the fact that this was not an emergency, and you called me at 10 p.m. Yeah. To tell me this. And you were insensitive of the fact that this could have kept this girl awake. So, like you said, you were not considering me. Yeah. But within that struggle of processing what has just happened and not feeling okay with it was guilt that why should I feel this way towards my parents, the people that gave birth to me. And I quickly had to snap out of it. I was like, no, being your parents is not the entitlement that they should not consider your mental health because a lot of us battle with this as african children and as first bonds if i'm talking about me as first child as well where you are expected to be everything for everybody than yourself except yourself where you are expected to make every other person happy except yourself guess what i did After the two hours of processing my emotions, crying, and telling myself, girl, you have to let them know that this is not okay with you. And you don't have to wait tomorrow. Because I know myself, the moment I wait till tomorrow morning, I will logically explain it away and talk myself out of it. Because I was already feeling that guilt of not being the ideal child acts like you're supposed right? to be respect honor and then we forget that these people we call our parents as much as we love them they can be very selfish and detrimental to our mental health because so, they
1: themselves do not know because what they don't exactly
0: do. because they themselves have sacrificed their own self-preservation For us and we they 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 don't miss any opportunity to let us know that because of us they had to do this because of us they had to do this so (laughs) we are paying for their lack of self-preservation as well yep and so after i dropped a voice note individually for both my mom and my dad that night at 12, okay, it's not it's no longer night, but yeah, 12 p.m., 12 a.m. I told them my peace of mind. I'm, I was like, I've heard all your complaints. But did you think that this time was the best time to tell me about this? Did you consider that this would impact my productivity the following day at work? And you telling me this now. So where's the wisdom? Ah, show me. I had to say a piece of my mind. I wasn't disrespectful, but I made sure that I didn't mince word. And that for me was the bravery I needed to set that boundary for my own self-preservation. Because the truth is, I will do little or nothing to change the situation between them if they want to resolve that conflict it has to come from both of them so i think as african Af- children we tend to we tend to excuse certain things especially from our family members that eventually destroys the fabric of our self preservation and makes us yeah. not understand mm-hmm. anymore what it is to preserve self. And I think also the
1: thing that that we need to also just leave people with is, with having to do and apply self-preservation, it is having to teach them about what that looks like, a healthy context. Because even though they are our parents, because that's the thing that we are coming from as Black children, we're coming from traumatized parents. We are the byproduct of how they are also not aware of self and also not aware of how to do things that speaks into taking care of self okay. so we are left with the not just the responsibility of being their children we're left with the responsibility of making sure that they too get to unlearn certain things that has been toxic for the years that they've been adulting in the best capacity they can mm. the grace that we say we need to give to ourselves is the grace that we are now encompassing with applying ourselves in in practicing these things mm. so you have just taught your parents on how to preserve themselves without realizing you did it by doing it for yourself
0: yes i agree because bravery for self is also bravery for others once you take that step to be brave for yourself you are making space for others to be brave for themselves as well something also i want to talk about is setting boundaries with family and how it is actually important when it comes to self-preservation. Because there is nobody I have ever seen that dishonors our boundaries, family Black members. Black family. Ooh! Black family. Is it the entitlement? Or is it the audacity? How about the
1: saying when someone tells you it's because you are family. Family to blood is thicker.
0: Uh-huh. So you
1: can't, you can't. What would that say about you? Can I like let me just talking to you specifically about the specific topic? You just bringing back a memory for me that literally still stings me. Mm. I remember just having a call out with a cousin of mine. I can't say we're really close, close, but we are family regardless. And yeah. I consider any person that is blood is my family. Doesn't matter if yeah. you don't spend time whatever yeah so in that sense um she came I am you know I'm a verbal person like I'm a verbal communicator (laughs) and yes I process things but you would know verbally how I feel about something because I will tell you about it yeah so I had already said to her that listen I am in a very not so well you know place in my head and in my heart so I don't feel like company so if you do come to visit me make sure that you come and get all by yourself Mm. And if you want to spend time with me, we'll just sit and talk, but don't expect anything more than that. Mm. So then she gets here, but she doesn't come here all by herself. She comes here with a few other people. And I'm already worked up about it, but I can't be inappropriate in acting up as if the people that she arrived with are aware of how I feel. Yeah. So now I'm processing this because it's, there's a lot that's expected of me. You know what's hosting for us as black people, mm. right? Mm. You need to go all out, regardless of what you have. If you've got nothing, you need to give that nothing to these people because that's hosting. Yes. So then in me sitting in this, my body tells her and my facial expression tells her that I'm not happy. So then she goes a bit further by pushing my boundaries, by saying, but why do you feel and look the way you do? Aren't you happy that people are here? I will. Do you get what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, I don't know what you want me to do and respond to you in this way. And I said, to you, but I told you how I feel. She's like, no, but you can at least try, you know? Oh. Ooh, so yeah. I leave it at that. The people leave and I'm disengaged at this point. I'm not even in, like, you know, mm. being hospitable. So she leaves She leaves more pissed at me, mm-hmm. as in she's not talking to me, she's got this entitlement that she's the one who was wronged, right? So I waited out until she gets to a place because she's a matured, sensible person. So I'm assuming she will get to a census and recall that we had a conversation about this. So eventually we get this conversation going by me being the one who initiates her and said, listen, even when you feel offended about something that I did, I do apologize. But remember, recalling what I'd said, and this is why I told you I didn't want to have company. Would she now not tell me that as family, you're supposed to respond in a way that is always going to be hospitable. You do not respond in a way that will be in how you feel because that's going to make those people feel uncomfortable. How about how I feel? Mm. So in, up until this day, she believes that she's in the right because I was just being selfish and a spoiled brat. We are on speaking terms, but I still feel like, how do you not see it? Like, how do we not get to that place? Is it that whole thing that you just mentioned about family and the entitlement, or am I just, I don't know? Or are
0: you just being sensitive? And I think for me, we are at the same point where we question, we question in order to validate how we are feeling about a certain situation, because self-gaslighting as well is one of those things that come in between self-preservation where you begin to see yourself as overreacting or maybe it wasn't that bad you know yeah but one thing i've learned is that your, your feelings True. are there to let you know what has gone wrong it's like right. an alarm So when it goes off, it is not for you to dismiss it, rather question it to the point where you don't gaslight yourself into thinking that you have, because remember when I was thinking of how to tell my dad, that I do not appreciate that he had to call me at this time of the night to tell me something that could have waited. I was feeling guilty. Where was that guilt coming from? Right. Where was that feeling of guilt coming from, even when my feelings were telling me that this was not right? I think also what we struggle with as Black children is the self-gaslighting, because we have been conditioned to think that, and I'll go back to what we said initially when we started this conversation, that being unselfish means giving all of yourself and nothing to yourself. So when you have to make certain decisions that are are for you, the guilt will come because it doesn't look like the conditioning, even when the decisions you have to make are in your best interest. And you know, also the reason why a lot of family members resist our boundaries is because they benefit more when we don't have boundaries than when we do. Yep. Yep. So self-preservation for us Black children, Black girls, Black women will definitely require fear, bravery, courage, but a very strong understanding of self and what self-preservation looks like for us. Because I also think it's not a one size fits all. You have to understand what it looks like for you. And then you are able Mm -hmm. to live through it. So before we go, please, I would also like to know what self-preservation looks like for you. I'm curious. It looks like me
1: standing upright for myself in a position where I would have literally bent over backwards for someone else. Mm. So it's literally aligning my spine to know that the muscle memory is for self, not so much so for others. Um, but at the benefit of knowing that I'm standing tall, not just myself, because when I'm tall, everybody else wins. Yes. If I'm then backwards, means that even when any person outside of who's meant to benefit comes along, I'm literally not going to be able to stand upright. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? So mm. That is what it looks like. But so look at it from a posture point of view is me being able to stand upright in the position that I was created to be in as opposed to bending over backwards.
0: Mm. I hear you. Recently, self-preservation looks like, for me, looks like unsubscribing from expectations that do not benefit the woman that I am becoming. Yes. Because I find that sometimes we are lost in the expectations of others and ultimately lose ourselves. So, in whatever expectation you have of me, I choose the one I want to do. And trust me, it's not easy. <laughs> so I've unsubscribed and still unsubscribing because these things can be blurry. So once I discover that this is actually manipulation or this is guilt tripping, or this is you trying to make me do what. I would not normally want to do. I unsubscribe. Regardless of how it makes you feel. Right? Yes.
1: Any last words
0: before we go?
1: Not that I would say to anybody else but you, but that girl, I'm very proud of the woman you're becoming. There's a lot that I'm actually learning and unlearning about self, but also when I hear that it's not such a um, rare space to be in it is encouraging because like we said earlier on that this path is a lonely heartsome one mm. and it's the temptation to turn back and do things the way you used to is constantly there mm. so when you are sharing who you are on the platforms and spaces and whether it's just by a phone call it is encouraging so keep doing what you're doing because you are inspiring a whole lot of us
0: and I'm going to return yeah. that love to you because I know you as someone who gives of herself totally. And I mean this because you are constantly sharing. I think when it comes to encouragement, you also do that for me because when I view your WhatsApp stories, you share from a place of experience, like if i check out if i want to check out what it will feel like to be this way i i run to you because you have had the courage to step out and step into uncomfortable positions that are beneficial to growth that a lot of us would not normally want to do and so by doing that you have become an anchor and a point of reference for me in particular, and I know for a lot of people, because you share amazing insights on life, especially as someone who is particular about their self-evolution and self-improvement. So thank you so much also for being you unapologetically. And also, I know I've not mentioned this to you before, but you you are someone that taught me how to Say my say how I feel to people right. to tell people how you feel sincerely, not necessarily from a place of anger. I learned that a big deal from you because you are someone who speaks their mind, and even when you are not sure of certain things, you still express this to get clarity, which is something that we don't do a lot. We assume things and we run with whatever our assumptions are and we create enmity with people. But with you, you express and you let people know how you feel and also hold space for people to redress and say, no, this is not what I meant or no, you know, I'm sorry you felt this way, but actually this wasn't how I thought it. And then things are better. So thank you also for being an amazing human. Oh, and it an awesome time with you. Always, thank always, you,
1: you. always.
0: <laughs> we yeah. are a
1: vibe, dude. We are a vibe. Let's just yeah. admit that.